This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. All right, welcome in Red Sox beat CLNS Media, of course, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for your 8-1 Boston Red Sox. Don't forget to follow the, the Twitter handle for the network for the Red Sox coverage at Red Sox CLNS. Facebook, search Red Sox Beat Podcast for the show. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe because we're going all the way to the World Series, guys. No, we're not. That's kidding. I'm joking. Oh, that's what I said. Yeah. I predicted that. <laughs> but, hey, Red Sox are 8-1. Don't forget to follow the network itself at CLNS Media. Facebook, the same thing. Uh, and, of course, the mobile podcasting app as well. No Lauren this week, so kicking it back. Old school myself and Jess Thomas here. And, Jess, best start in team history. Eight wins in a row after that colossal failure of an opening day down in Tampa. And this team can't be stopped. They might go 161-1, and and I don't say that often. But this is, it just feels like this team right now is doing everything right now. We'll talk about the Xander Bogarts injury. That might be a big part of this. But this team right now, even when down, as much as they were down today, which is Sunday while we're recording this, they still win the damn game. Yeah, I mean... Me and Lauren did the show last week, and they were 2-1, and one, and we were feeling pretty good. Uh, she predicted a better week this week than I did. I was foolish, apparently. Um, but we were feeling pretty good about them after a couple nice wins, and now here they are, <laughs> six wins later at 8-1, and one, um, and it's been awesome. You know, a mixture of really good pitching with struggling offense, and then the offense started to pick it up, and they just decided to lose no games. Yes, I know. Marlins in the race. I get it. That's great. But you still have to win the games, and they won the games. That's what matters. Yeah, and that's the thing is like people are like, oh well, look who you're playing. It's like, yeah, okay, but like they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're eight and one because they're playing trash teams. Great, but so if they're a good team, then you got to win those games. If, so good, good teams are team, supposed to just right? win those games and be done with it. Like they're not supposed to lose them, and then we can talk about them losing. Like they're a good team. If you want to be a good team and you want to be a contender, you beat up on the bad teams, and that's how you get your wins. That's that's if you're a hundred win, ninety five win team. That's how you get those wins because you're playing half the league, which is garbage. So, especially in our division where you're playing three teams who aren't good. So, it's like you have to beat up on teams that aren't good. And right now you are. You're 8-1, and and now you're going into the Yankee series. You have Monday off. You go into the first series against the Yankees who are 5-5, yay. And they they can't figure out how to play right now. They lost a 5-0 lead today on on Sunday as we record this. So, there's, there's some question marks in the Bronx going on right now. And the Red Sox seem to be kind of pushing all the right buttons. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. It's I don't want it to go, like, whisk by because of the teams are playing. Best start in franchise history. 118 years of Red Sox baseball, and no team has ever started 8-1 and in Red Sox history. That's incredible. I don't care who you're playing. you got to be ready to start the season. you got to be ready to play. They played some really cold games at home here, and they won almost all their games on the road in the warm places. I mean, they did what they're supposed to do. They were ready for the season. And they, you know, and a terrible first game where you give up six runs in the eighth inning, and then to bounce back from that and still win the next eight games, even when your offense isn't isn't doing well, I mean, that, you got to give them props for for doing that because there's a reason that nobody's ever gone eight and one in Red Sox franchise history, it's hard. And, and that's because 
most teams aren't ready to play and win every game when they start the season. No, especially when, you know, you have to, especially in the Red Sox side of things, you have to deal with cold weather, you have to deal with playing up here, and it's not easy to do. And these teams have to prepare, and I remember um, looking into, keeping in the network here, uh, Trags himself was covering Cora's first press conference at Fenway, and the video he shared, um, Alex, they were talking about the weather, and Cora looked at whoever reporter was questioning it and literally gave him a wink. Talking about like playing, well, we have to play in October and November, and we have to get prepare for that now. And he was, he gave him a little wink after. Alex Cora is very confident right now, and I love it. And I think that's a big catalyst of why they're doing this and why they're being successful. Case in point, the culture is back. Hanley feels like he's back to being himself. Um, I think part of that is the manager because we all know he didn't get along with Farrell. A lot of them didn't. And case in point, today um, or the other day, it wasn't today when JD Martinez hit his first uh, dinger as a Red Sox player. Um, yeah, Saturday. Yeah, they gave him the cold shoulder, and then Hanley came over and would not stop hugging the guy. Like, he was literally, <laughs> like, bear-hugging him around, and he was over there, like, cleaning him and making him all pr- pr- pretty. But, like, Hanley wouldn't have done that last year. I'm sorry, but, like, he just wasn't in the right mindset. None of them were. This team feels different in the sense of just it feels like they're just playing and having fun, and they keep saying that. And I'm intrigued to see what it looks like when Pedroia comes back um, as a leadership point of view when he's in the lineup every day. But right now, what they're doing is working. Yeah, I like we I like the brought up the core thing because, yeah, I mean he could he could have whined about it. He could have said, "Oh yeah, it's cool. We've been in Florida for you know a month and a half, and then the first <laughs> the first six games of the season, so we're gonna whine about how we have to go from that weather to thirty five degrees and twenty mile per hour winds." But instead, like you said, he goes, "This is the weather we have to play in September and, and October." So he totally took the positive side of it because he easily could have just said like yeah this this sucks like we have to play in freezing weather after being spoiled by florida and we're not looking forward to it nope not what he did and they didn't seem to care they, they decided to pull out the wins mm-hmm. and not worry about how you know go to extra innings in the first game of the season in the cold they're already freezing they already played nine innings but they make a ninth inning comeback score two runs and then go to 12 innings and then win the game they don't give that's the thing i've noticed most of this team so far is they don't give up They've been down in five of these five of the nine games, and they keep coming back and winning. They keep going extra innings. They'll play as many as they need. That's the biggest thing I've seen is they don't give up. No, and that's the thing is that last year, a lot of these games, if they were close, they wouldn't fight. They wouldn't make that effort, extra effort. And any coach, you, any team, any team sport, all you ask is that your players don't quit. Right? They play through the end of everything. You play through the whole the whole game because you never know. Um, and and that's what they've been doing. And like case in point the game on Sunday no one thought they were going to win that game and in the eighth inning they put up how many runs and come back like it's just this team this team right now is doing something crazy and it's led by the guys who who are supposed to be the core of this team and just didn't produce last year right Xander Bogars we'll get to in a second been on a tear he's leading the way Mookie Betts kind of seems like he's getting back to himself Benintendi's coming around Price pitching well Sale pitching well Hanley back to himself seems like he's hitting better because he's more involved playing first base almost every day. And I think that's a big part of it too for him is just being involved in the game. He's back Rick to Porcello. Rick Porcello pitching pretty well. He settled down after that first tough inning the other day. Like the whole pitching staff right now, except for the start of Erod, which we'll get to wasn't, has been phenomenal. And that's the thing is this pitching staff, we touched upon it. Like we knew the offense was going to be there because there was no way a lot of these key players we're going to be as bad as they were last year. It's just, it's everyone kind of had a down year. We know Xander wasn't healthy. We knew that offense was going to come around, plus you signed J.D. The pitching was the key question mark because, one, you don't have the bullpen 
to be, do what have to pitch as much as they did last year, but you don't know what you're getting in Steven Wright this year when he comes back from the suspension, if he's even in the rotation. You have Drew Pomeranz coming off an injury, hopefully this week. Erod made his first start, but the top three guys, Sale, Palmer, uh, Sale Price, and Porcello, have been good. Yep, exactly. They set a tone. They started the first three games. Obviously, they lost the first game, which wasn't Sale's fault. No. And then once, once the bottom of the rotation guys did their thing, then Sale... Marcelo came around and did the same thing again. You know, sales was dominant over the Rays, and then Price pitched seven more scoreless innings, and then Porcello retired 17 straight to end his outing against the Rays. So they keep they keep coming in here and doing their job, and that's huge. I mean, we know pitching wins championships, and through, I believe it was six, seven, seven starts, the starters had a .86 ERA. That's insane. That was another record. Like it was like the lowest ERA for the first seven starts for anyone. Not even just Red Sox history, but like MLB history. So this team's making records in history like every day here so far. Yeah, and l- l- I mean, let's talk about the pitching a little more. Let's talk about David Price yeah. because this is a guy now that obviously has not been a fan favorite. Um, we we all know all the crap, and we we kind of have been a part of that. You know, we on this show, especially myself, have not been a fan of what he's brought to the table. Um, but he's never pitched that bad you know like he obviously had the playoff woes which won that first year but like even last year when he was kind of being a pain in the butt and the year before that he never pitched badly I think last year we knew he was hurt he never was healthy and this year he seems healthy he seems ready to go he's the only starter really to be dominant as I mean they've, they've all been dominant but he went seven innings in both of his starts seven innings haven't hasn't given up a run um five strikeouts in each start only three walks. He has control. He's not. He's not walking guys, and that's a big deal because command was a big problem. It doesn't seem like he's trying to ticky tack his way around. Um, just like uh, the whole idea of like like last year, for example, he did a lot of you know tried to throw the curveballs, the changeups, tried to kind of dig his way around the strike zone. He's been thrown with a lot more zip on his fastball, and he's been relying on that fastball in these first couple starts and showing, and he seems a lot more confident. And again, I don't know if that's the pitching coach in Levangie. I don't know if that's core. I don't know if it's Price being healthy, but whatever it may be, Jess, and I don't know what you think it is, but he is he's the first two starts showing him back to the old David Price. Yeah, well, I think the first thing, obviously, um, and I don't, I don't like giving this excuse for the team, but he faced the race twice, and it was his former team. And if you see his numbers against the Rays, they're incredible. He's had incredible career success against the Rays. His ERA is like .84 or something against the Rays in his career. So I think that's one factor is that he faced them, and he's extremely good against them every year, not even just this year. But so I think that's one thing. So I'm definitely interested to see how he pitches against other teams. But, I mean, he was pretty sharp. Like, he had three walks in his second start, but his first one he had none. Mm-hmm. He was economical. He pitched 76 pitches in the first game and only went seven innings. Like, he could have pitched a complete game if, if Cora was doing that. But he's taking guys out earlier this year, obviously, so far. So he was economical. He didn't have any walks and seven scoreless against, you know, I don't care. I know they're not a good offense. I know they're not a good team. But, like, it's hard to pitch 14 consecutive scoreless innings against anybody. I mean, that's that's a, an impressive thing. And he's up there in the top of the league. You know, there's, there's four pitchers in the league right now who have not given up a run. Two of one of them is Johnny Chirinos, who was part of the part of the bullpen days for the race. He has nine scoreless innings. And some dude named Junis on Kansas City has um one start of seven innings. And then it's Price and Charlie Morton. Morton's on Houston. He's given up no runs in twelve innings. So Price has the most innings of those four guys and no runs. So he's been, you know, one of, if not the best pitcher through two starts. 
in the league and it's it's impressive so i want to see if he can continue it but i mean it's a great start and he obviously seems to be in a good mindset he's talking to the media again you know he's putting that all behind him so i think he's pretty determined to uh show that he can pitch here and he's off to a damn good start well and he's got a test on wednesday that's sure does um Sale price, Porcello all slated a pitch against the Yankees, so you couldn't have asked for that any better of a situation yeah. going into the series. And, um, and you're already 8-1. and one. Exactly, and you're already 8-1. <laughs> and one. So, um, Sale and Severino, obviously we know will be a good matchup, but Price has to go up against Tanaka, and he's going against a pr- pretty good Yankees lineup. Like, yeah, the Yankees are blowing leads, and they're not playing well, but they still can hit the crap out of the ball, and it's not like you play in a big park at Fenway Park either. So, it's a, I'm intrigued to see what happens on Wednesday with David Price. Now, if he comes out and lights it up again, then boom, I think he's good. I think if he, it, as long as he doesn't stink it up, like if he can go five, six innings and pitch well, I don't need him to get into the seventh and make, make me believe it was a good start. But it's a big test because that lineup is pretty much good one through nine. Yeah, I'd say if he goes six innings with two, six or more innings with two or less runs, then I'm all in, you know. I'm already basically all in. Yeah, me too. Oh, so well I was so all in far. before the season even started, but this well, is Well, and you know, you know I, I haven't been at all with this guy ever. So that's a big thing for me, but he's uh, he's showing me that he's willing to to move on from this. So I have faith in him, and I'm pretty much on board now. But if he can go six plus innings, two or less runs, and like six or more strikeouts against the Yankees lineup, then sign me up for the rest of the season. <laughs> no, I agree, and that's a big thing. And, and the, I think the pitching is going to be a big thing the rest of the way. Um, and this Yankee series, I'm excited for because I, if you can take two out of three against the Yankees and, and keep your train rolling, uh, I'll be excited. Now, if they can sweep them and keep the winning streak really going, that'd be fun. But um, look, you got a good Yankees team coming into Fenway this week, and and then you got four against Baltimore. So uh, hopefully you can take two out of three and then keep this winning going as the Baltimore, uh, Baltimore Orioles come in for four after that. But um, let's move to I mean, Vander... Sorry, guys. I was going to say the Yankees should be scared facing those three guys. I mean, Sale with a .82 ERA and 15 strikeouts, Price with 10 strikeouts and a no ERA, and Porcello with 11 strikeouts and a .284 ERA. They should be scared. They could be going 5-8 and eight real quick here. Seriously, they should be scared of Xander Bogarts <laughs> if he plays, too. Um, yes. Because Xander Bogarts has been, and I'm so happy to say this, because I love the guy. I do. I've been. A, you guys know I've been a fan of him forever. Um, yep. This guy, I think it really was the health last year. I think people were calling for his name last year, calling to be traded. I, I was starting to slip off the bandwagon a little bit only because, you know, we weren't really sure what it was because no one re- – we all knew he was hurt, but no one knew how bad. But it clearly the hand affected him because he claimed he was healthy. They claimed he was healthy this spring. And look what he's done. Dude has been all about RBIs, runs. He had a grand slam the other day. Um yeah. And, and you know, was, he had and it was he, a shot too, mind you. He he launched that thing without even. You know, he hit it against Jake Jake Feria, which is the guy that hit him in the hand and screwed up his whole season last year. Oh, that's right. I didn't remember that. Yeah. So talk about revenge. Massive karma. The guy screws up his complete his hand and he can't play well for the whole rest of the season. And then he hits a grand slam against him. That is sweet. I was pumped after that. I was like, this is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. What a guy, moment. Guy already has a couple homers, hitting three seventy one on the season, the short season it is. A couple thirteen hits, seven runs and nine RBIs already. And oh. seven doubles. Yeah, seven <laughs> doubles. Uh nicknamed double bogey. I love it. Uh OBP of four oh five, already slugging seven forty three. Um and like you said, Already has that. Already has seven doubles um, in the short shorts, which leads the league by a lot. Um, but the the effect that he's having on this lineup, 
look what happens after. You know, Devers has been hitting really well. It's woken up. Benintendi Vasquez has been hitting the ball pretty well when he needed to be, especially today in that comeback. Like, Xander Bogarts is being that middle-of-the-lineup guy that, yeah, he might not be hitting in front of J.D. Martinez and Hanley Ramirez, so what? Now you have him behind Hanley Ramirez and J.D. Martinez, so if you don't get through them, then you got to deal with Xander, who's been on a tear, who has been their best hitter. So this guy right now, this is what we've all wanted, this is what we've all expected, and he's a big reason why this team and this offense is succeeding, because he keeps somehow getting up in big spots, and he keeps coming through in the clutch. Well, as you know, I'm a big uh, I'm a big tone setter guy. Like what this team did at the beginning of the year here, and he set the tone so good. I mean, five doubles in the first three games like, it was incredible. Obviously, he's only hit two since, but like he really set the tone of the season. Like I'm going to be good. I'm going to drive the ball. I'm going to hit doubles, and then he hits seven doubles, and then he hits a home run, then he hits a grand slam. So like it's just he's just been on absolute fire, and it's so important because, like you said, he's hitting fifth. So it's like you get through your good hitters, you know, you get through Hanley and then JD, and then you got Bogarts. Like, so if if your big guns, the guys you expect to get the big hits, get out, and you still got him sitting over there in the fifth slot with a couple guys on base, he's been driving them all in. And then you get Devers after him. So it's like your lineup is like 10 times more dangerous when he's hitting, just because like that middle of the order thing, you know, if you have guys that are average there, you, you kind of go downhill the rest, you know, five through nine. But when you got a guy like him in your fifth slot, then it just never ends. Well, that's the thing, too, is people haven't really thought about our lineup too much as a Red Sox fans because you look at the Yankees, they're like, oh, they got all the power. But it's like, you know how many strikeouts John Carl Stanton had last year? And, and Aaron Judge. <laughs> and this year. <laughs> like, and this year already. Like, he already got booed out of Yankee Stadium one game. Like, the lineup we have is they're better average hitters in terms of four average. The Yankees have more power. Yes, I completely agree with that statement, and they will for the entire season. But the, the Red Sox, one through seven at least, have the most consistent lineup, I think, around the league, or one of at least, because of the way they hit for average. And as the season goes, you know, yeah, you're going to. JD Martinez is going to hit his home runs. Took a little bit of time, but he also didn't have a full spring training. Um,. So it'll take him some time, but he'll have his home runs. Hanley seems to be good to go, ready to go, locked in. Um, Mookie Betts will hit his homers, but they're not. No, nope, you're going to have maybe one, maybe two, thirty home run guys on this roster, depending on what Hanley does. But you don't need more than two because the rest of the guys can hit for average. And if they don't get on base, then the guys behind them, like you said, Jess, the, behind Hanley and JD, can run lock them in. And my biggest question mark is. What do they do if Jackie Bradley keeps not hitting? Like, what at what point do the bottom, does that bottom of the lineup start to take account? Because then you really you do have the option of letting JD Martinez play the outfield and have some rotations and not have Jackie Bradley start. But it's a matter of are they comfortable with him not hitting and not being consistent at the plate because of the defense? Yeah, he's definitely the X factor. He's three for twenty six so far, which is pretty bad. But fortunately, everybody else is hitting. I mean, what I like about the lineup, like you said, not much power. Bogarts is two homers. Betts, Devers, Martinez, Nunez, and Hanley have one, and Nunez is an inside the Parker. That's it. That's the only home runs they have. But like we were saying, you know, RBI, Bogarts and Devers have nine. Hanley has eight. That's all awesome. Doubles, Bogarts with seven. Devers with four. Nunez with four. Betts with three. And, you know, some runs. Betts has gotten eight runs. Benintendi, he's not hitting well. He's only hitting five for 31, but he's got nine walks, which leads the league. So he's still getting on base, even though he's not getting hits. He's getting walks. Hey, they already have more like, grand slams than last year. They already have more grand slams than last year. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like the when the power has come, it's been at good times, and when it hasn't, they've gotten doubles, they've gotten walks, and they've still gotten 
enough runs to win. And that's great. I mean, the Yankees have, you know, 55 runs right now, and the Red Sox only have 42, but the Yankees have given up 44 runs, and the Red Sox have given up 26, almost half the amount of runs. And which team's better? You know, three and a half games better. So, like, that's great. You can hit the ball all over the park. You can get your 55 runs. And you can also give up almost as many runs as you're getting and only be 500. So, yeah, it's great that their offense is good, but if their pitching doesn't, and that's what we were talking about before the year started, we said, yes, their offense is going to be good, but is their pitching going to be good? So far, not so good. All right, Jess, before we move on, I have to ask, because this is something that um, I was thinking about today, and mind you, today I was in a gym coaching volleyball all day, so I don't know how this even popped into my head. But hearing the seeing the Red Sox won and seeing that alert that popped up about Xander Bogarts, my heart sunk a little bit. A little bit. I was like, oh, crap. Come on. Does he play against the Yankees? Because and doesn't he? And does he really mean that much? Can they win without him? Because the way he's been swinging the bat, um, one defensively, who's going to play shortstop? And two, mm. do they play? Does he play at all in this Yankee series? Like how bad? Because he slid in the dugout, and I saw, and I didn't see yeah. it live because I, I couldn't watch the game today. Like I said, but I, I saw the replay, and I'm like, at first it didn't look like it was going to be that bad, and then all of a sudden he was like getting helped off the field. So like, what could this be? Yeah, I didn't see it live either. I was driving back from from the Celtics game, but I saw the replay. Yeah, and it didn't look that bad. You know, he slid in. I know it's a dugout. There's probably extraneous things sitting around. Well, and you don't really know what happened on the stairs because you don't have an angle of that. But still, right, exactly. But he just kind of slid gracefully right into the dugout, and I don't see how that would mess you up that bad. And like you said, yeah, then he went out on the field, and then he like went down on his knee, and they helped him off the field. It's weird, which makes me wonder did something like pull or did he actually like hit his ankle on something or did something like jab something sharp like jab in his ankle that's what i'm wondering because like just yeah. diving into the dugout like he did it doesn't seem like it would do that much yeah so that's weird so i want to know what it is they haven't told us yet um but obviously if it's anything remotely bad i'm sure he won't play in the series because it's just a couple of days away for a couple of days so i'd say prepare to not have him if it really is something maybe it was just, you know if it was just something simple that was painful today that'll be okay tomorrow then yeah i'm sure he'll play but yeah it's gonna make it hard against them obviously because you lose your best offensive player at this point so far i assume brock holt would fill in a shortstop because that's what he does but you know he's only had seven at bats so he's had a pretty small sample size so far this year so i don't know what you can expect from him and you know He's a decent defensive player. He made a nice play in the game today, but he's obviously not as doesn't have as much range as Bogarts has. Uh, he's a smaller guy, so you're going to lose a little on defense. You're going to lose a lot on offense. So I'd say if you were thinking sweep before with no Bogart with Bogarts, you might be thinking more two out of three, or maybe the pitching will just continue to be dominant since you have your three best pitchers, and maybe they'll win anyway. But I think it's definitely going to hurt, and especially since the offense hasn't been as good as it could be so far this year. So, yes, it's concerning. I hope he plays, but we got to figure out what it is first. He's been a big reason why the offense has been moving, and we just talked about that, obviously. Um, I think the Red Sox have enough bats in this lineup that if he doesn't play, I'm more concerned about the defense yeah. than I am anything. Now, do they think about moving Nunez to short for a couple games? Maybe, because I think Brock Holt is probably more comfortable at second base. That could be an option for Cora, too. Um, I'm more concerned about what they do one bottom of the order, obviously, because now you put Brock Holt at the bottom of the lineup, too. But also, can the defense hold up? Because, yeah, the defense has been one of the best defenses in the league so far. Have they given? Yeah. Have they had an error? Do they have an error yet? Nope. They yeah. do not have a so single error. They're the only team to do that, right? That's incredible. They're the only team in the league that did not have an error. Before today, them and the Indians were the only two without one. I don't know if 
the Indians Actually, I got the box score right here, so I can tell you. The Indians have one? They did not. So, okay, the Indians so Sox Indians. have zero. Okay. So, that's huge, because that wouldn't have happened last year. Um, <laughs> that would be my concern, more defensively. Because I, I think the lineup has enough bats in it to get through three games against the Yankees if the pitching does what they've been doing. Um, and I can't imagine the pitching is just going to crash and burn. So, for me, I look at it as, yeah, he's probably not going to play. But only I, I think he might be back for the Orioles series. I can't imagine. Nothing. I mean, it yeah. could be a stinger too. Like he could he could have been back on the clubhouse, walking around, jumping around. We don't know. Um, right. But that's obviously coming up for Monday, and by the time that people hear this show, we might already know what happened. Right. As right now, we don't know what happens. But so say okay. he doesn't play. I mean, do you expect JD to pick it up? Because I mean, that's kind of a quick thing I want to talk about. He's only hitting um, two uh, two twenty six right now. He's struck out 11 times, which is the most in the team. Not as much as Stan. He's mm-hmm. got 15. Yep. But, he's better than you know, Stan. He got, he got his home run yesterday, but he's not hitting very well. He's left the bases loaded a couple times. Yep. Are you worried about him? Because I know a lot of people are irrationally freaking out after nine games about him. But Red Sox stands for you. Yeah, right? So that I take it you're not worried about him. But no. I mean, him him showing up big against the Yankees would be huge if Bogart doesn't play. I think, I think you're going to need to show up big for sure. I, I think the way he swung the bat the other day when he hit that home run, because earlier in that game, he could have had another one. Um, right. Because he went opposite field. And he and I think this guy, has, he has a tremendous amount of opposite field power, and that's where he likes to go. And you saw that swing, and on a normal not 26-degree day, that opposite field, grand slam. That, that opposite yep. field thing, it's a grand slam. It's in the bullpen, it's, if not over the bullpen. So, right. And then he put that ball almost out of Fenway Park anyway for the, for the first home run over the monster. I'm not worried about him. We know we can hit. We've we, we've seen glimpses of it. I think part of it for him is one. He like I said, he didn't have a full spring. He didn't play a lot in the spring right. when he got here because that was clearly Cora's intention was to not have his big nine time get, guys get wasted in spring training, which I love because I think spring training is a waste of time for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You don't need to play him a lot. It's where, look at Julian Edelman preseason football, right? Torn ACL. Mm-hmm. Didn't, didn't need to be on the field. Um, hopefully he doesn't play preseason at all again. But, look, I'm not worried about him. If Talk to me the end of May, June. If he's still not hitting, then I'll, then I'll hit the panic button with everybody else. But it's April. Exactly. It's a couple weeks in. They're still 8-1. and one, And right now his teammates are picking him up. And there's the, fact that the fact that they're 8-1 without him hitting much is yep. a really good sign. Exactly. And, I, and it kills me that people are, are comparing him and Stan because obviously Stan hit two home runs on opening day. And everyone was like, oh, my God, he's so much better than J.D. You look at their numbers now. JD's hitting 226. Stanton's hitting 200. Stanton has three home runs. JD has one, but obviously two of his were on opening day. Stanton's got seven RBI. JD has four. They have the same amount of hits. They both have seven hit seven hits. So he's hardly even doing better, and in some aspects, he's doing worse. So it's hilarious, and he has more strikeouts. The biggest thing so. is people need to realize that JD Martinez is a better hitter than Giancarlo Stanton. Just yeah, Stanton's just a home run hitter. Hitter, but Giancarlo Stanton is a massive. Human being, so he hits, right, JD's he, not that big. <laughs> JD's not a big guy. Like right. Giancarlo Stanton is a freak of nature. So of course he can hit the ball almost out of Yankee Stadium because one, it's a wiffle ball field, and two, he's a freak of nature. He's going to have more power. He's probably going to hit more home runs, and he probably would have been able to do that here at Fenway Park, of course. But JD Martinez is the better hitter. So when people say, "Yeah, JD's better," in a sense, he is. But Giancarlo Stanton is going to have more power. He's also going to have more strikeouts. Look at his history. Jalen Carl Stanton strikes oh, yeah. out a lot. Like, yeah, a ton of strikeouts last year. Like, but people yeah. ignore it because how far he hits. Which, I mean, granted, if you're going to give me 45 homers, sure. <laughs> you can strike out as much as you want if you're going to hit it out 45 times. Right. Exactly. But it just kills me that people compare the two because they're like, oh, we should have gotten Stanton. Well, it's like, 
yeah, well, you didn't, and you got a really good player anyway, and are you really going to compare the numbers every single game of the entire year? Like, that stuff drives me insane. Like, why are you why are you worried about what he's doing? Focus on your guy. Neither of them are playing very well so far. They're both going to heat up. You know that. And Stanton hits a lot of home runs. So, big deal. <laughs> the one thing Stanton, for, uh, Stanton is good for, and this is a great segue to what I'm about to do, is fantasy baseball purposes. And if you love fantasy baseball, Jess, then you need to try my new favorite app. It's called Draft. I know you're getting on it, too. It's daily fantasy baseball, but you, not like the other guys, of course. On Draft, you play live snake drafts with other people, just like in your daily long, just like in your season-long leagues, but it's daily fantasy, of course. So drafts last for just about one night, uh, and you're done drafting, and that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Just set it and forget it. And the best part is you play for cold, hard cash and get paid out the next day. Drafts start from just a dollar. So there's draft for everybody out there. Um, Jess has been using it. At least won some money there as well. I've been using, I've been using <laughs> it as well. Uh, best part about it is, honestly, drafts literally super quick. It takes no time at all. You get like 30 seconds in between picks, so it's rapid. And two, if you do draft early, like say it was a Tuesday you drafted and your competition's on Thursday. We talked about this before the show, Jess. If someone gets hurt or the game gets postponed because it's March and it's snowing, then who cares? The, the alert will, the app will alert you. And you can swap out the player. Yep. As long as you swap out the player before the game starts, then you're good. Mm-hmm. And that's an awesome thing. Yeah, it's cool because, like like you said, with someone like Stanton, you know, it's really hit or miss. Because if you get him, you know, only one person can have him because, you know, it's like a draft where only one player goes to one team. And is Stanton going to go 0 for 5 with 5 strikeouts one day and get you 0 points? Or is he going to hit 2 home runs like opening day and get you like 35 points? So it's really, you really got to pay attention to who, you know, who the teams are playing on that particular night. And that's that's a big thing for it. So it's a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, even if you have a 10-person draft, I did a 10-person one a couple days ago. The draft still took 5 minutes. It's yeah, super quick. It's, it's super crazy. Quick. And guys, for those of you who don't think this is this is working... Jess is actually not a fantasy person, a daily fantasy person. And once we got Draft on board here, he hopped on there, checked it out, and now he likes daily fantasy because of Draft. So if, if we can convert Jess into a daily fantasy baseball player, then anyone should be able to play. And now you can join us on Draft. Just search Draft in your app store, like Jess did, or play right from your computer on Draft.com. And for a limited Which time Which Jess also only, does. <laughs> Which Jess also does. Because <laughs> he's at work on Draft all the time. And for a limited time only, check out all Red Sox beat listeners are going to get a free entry into a real money baseball draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use my promo code, Red Sox Beat. That's right. Play a real money game for free just for using the promo code, Red Sox Beat. All one word when you make your first deposit. Search drafts in your app store or go to draft.com and enter that promo code, Red Sox Beat. And guys, it's, I'm not kidding. It's actually phenomenal. It takes no time at all. And there's no salary issues, so you don't have the same player. It's great. It works so much better. But um, before we get out of here, three things, kind of two, that we want to talk about around the league. Let's talk about the Yanks for like two seconds because, one, it's just great to say they're sucking. They just are not – they're <laughs> living up to their expectations. They had all this hype. They're a 500-ball club right now. They're not even in second place in the ALEs. They're in third. Okay? That's a huge deal. And if the Red Sox do what they should do against them over the week, even without Xander Bogarts in that lineup, they might fall even further. Jess, your thoughts on the Yankees and are you – are you concerned for Yankees fans? I'm not concerned for them. I don't care what happens. But should Yankees fans be panicking right now is really the question. Well, I think April 8th is a little early to panic for any team. But, hey, I mean... Yankees fans so, are Yankees fans. Come that's on. That's right. Kind of like Red Sox fans that's who freak true. out about nothing. So, yeah, I mean, they're not playing that well. They've blown a couple big leads. Stan's not hitting much. Judge really isn't hitting much either. 
Nope. He hasn't done really anything. Sanchez so. only has one homer, and it was his first hit of the season the other day. <laughs> so, like... Yep. Gregorius had one big game, and then he's had several over games, too. So, yeah, I mean... They're not very good right now, and they had so much hype. You know, 100 wins, 105 wins, best offense in history. And, yeah, it's like, great, and let's see what you do on the field. They haven't done it. So I've enjoyed it. I don't think they need to panic yet, but um, I've thought the Stanton signing was overrated the whole time because I said there's no way this guy's hitting, you know, 50, 60 homers again. I just didn't – I don't see that happening. I still don't see that happening. And you know he's going to strike out because that's what he does, and that's what he's doing so far. He's got a ton of strikeouts. So I think he's a little overrated. Uh, I think people are going to figure Judge out, as they did through parts of last season and seemingly so far this season. And those are your two quote-unquote best hitters. So I don't like their team. Maybe it's because they're Yankees. I don't know. But I'm enjoying it. don't like the Yankees. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) Whoever they throw out there, screw them. So, yes, I'm enjoying it. I don't really care what their fans do. I'm sure they'll freak out no matter what. But it's nice having a lead. And if we can take two out of three from them, I'm going to be really happy. And I hope Stan strikes out every at-bat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shohei Otani, um, the wonderful Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, had a crappy spring training. And that's saying it nicely. Dude looked like he was going to flop out. Now, to be fair, Ichiro Suzuki also had a terrible spring training when he came over. And then just look what Ichiro did. So... You never and it's still doing. And he's still doing, somehow, in Seattle, <laughs> back in Seattle, which I love, by the way. One of the yes. better stories coming into the year. Um, yes. And he's playing, we'll too, which is week. great. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Yeah. So, Otani, we all weren't sure what was going to happen. Two-way player in baseball, pitching well, hitting phenomenally. First at bat, first pitch at his first at bat at Angel Stadium, croaks it into the seats. I love this guy. Like, I think it's great. It's great for baseball, one, because I, I don't know about you, Jess, but I think the league needs to go more this way of let guys play multiple positions. Let a pitcher hit if he can. Like, if a pitcher has an off day and you want to let him DH, if he can croak the ball, let him croak the ball. Why not? And this guy's coming over from a foreign country. And yeah, there's some adjustment, clearly. Coming into this culture where we accept baseball as what? Pitchers and hitters. That's all it is. And he's coming in and just saying, screw that, I want to hit. And they're letting him hit. And on his off days, he's DHing, and, he, and it's like, this is phenomenal. He's had a couple homers, went seven innings today in his start. Like, guy is the real deal, it seems like. Yeah, we were uh, we were laughing about him just just uh, a few days ago on, on our shows and because uh, he had a bad spring training, and he's been unbelievable. I mean, to come over here and do what he's done, hitting and pitching, is crazy. Today, like you said, seven innings, six and a third perfect innings, 12 strikeouts to start the game. Which is incredible. Twelve strikeouts. Twelve. Twelve strikeouts. He's been playing all and, week. Like he's been he's been hitting the yeah. ball all week. Yeah, and then yeah, he hit a two run homer off Corey Kluber, who won Cy Young last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got he's got I think three home runs, and he threw a perfect game through six and a third innings. Like holy crap, it's incredible. I mean, I figured he have a tough t- tough kind of transition like someone like Daisuke had, but wow, he's not. And the fact that he's pitching and hitting at the same time. Holy crap. Yeah, I think the big it's thing awesome. I think the big thing is people are freaking out about this because it's not what we're used to. But people have to remember, even in here in America, guys grow up hitting and pitching. Like if you're a pitcher in high school, even some points in college, you might play in that position or if you can hit your might DH. Like it's only once you get to the majors, I mean high level college ball you'll probably do it too. It, that's when it really starts to become a structure of nah, you should stop hitting. Like, I think this is what right, the game is. Yeah, like this is. Right. I think this is really good for the game because a two-way player like this excites. Like, if you have a guy who pitch, like, could you imagine? Just imagine, 
Chris Sale throws seven innings, shutout ball, a couple good strikeouts in there, gets the win. The next day, he's at the plate as the designated hitter popping ding-dongs over the green monster. Like, that's wouldn't that be exciting as a Red Sox fan? Right. Like, you can rely on this guy for both both sides of the field yeah. in different days. It's crazy. I mean, he's 2-0 with a 208 ERA with 18 strikeouts, and he's hitting 389 with three homers and seven RBI. That's absurd. Perfect player after a couple games. Like he's like the best player in the league on both sides of the ball, yeah, on both, like, and that's that's crazy. And like it, it really throws you off. I know I'm doing a fantasy baseball league like season long too on Yahoo, mm-hmm. and they have him in as two different players. Like they have him as a pitcher, and they, I have him. I have him as a pitcher, which was great. And then the guy I was playing has him as a hitter, and I'm like, what the <laughs> what the heck? I have him on my bench because um, they don't know what to do with him because they don't know what to do. Does like it's so different, right? and that that's what's crazy. And I was like, can you can I just swap out? Can I put him anywhere? Um, but look. I think it's great for the game. I really do. Um, and, I, and I think it's only a matter of time if this works and he keeps being this successful. One, don't mess it up, Angels. Like, let him hit. Let him hit. Let him do whatever he wants if he's going to be able to do this. And two, I, I think it's time for the league to, to shake it up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, if you can find guys, you can do both. And, you know, maybe that'll take a little time because guys aren't doing that now. So maybe some younger guys who are coming into the league who are able to do both, they can do it. I don't think there I don't think there's gonna be guys all of a sudden just being like, Oh yeah, you know, I know how to hit too. <laughs> I'm gonna get out there and hit. I don't think that's gonna happen. But if you have some younger guys who can do both, like you said, and you know, in college and high school and then they keep doing it in the league because they show they actually see that it can actually be done. I mean that's groundbreaking. And mm-hmm. for him to come over from Japan to do this is just insane. Alright. We'll leave it there. At Red Sox C on S is the new Twitter handle. Don't forget to follow us there. Your first place, Boston Red Sox, eight and one. Big week of baseball ahead. Um, do we want to do predictions real quick, or we want to just? Leave? Yeah, we did them last week. Let's do them. All right, let's do them real quick. Just rattle off the schedule to me because I don't have it in front of me. Um, and we'll, let's predict this, baby. All right. So, yep, yeah, off day on Monday, and then three games against the Yankees at home, and then four games at home again against the Orioles. Got a ten-game homestand here uh, that obviously started a couple days ago with the Rays. Uh, so three against the Yankees, like we said, three best pitchers, Sale, Price, Porcello going. Um, I'm going two out of three. I might have picked Sweep if Bogarts, if we knew Bogarts was going to play, but since we don't know, and you know the Yankees are probably bound to win one game, but I feel really good about two out of three against them. What do you think? Uh, I'm riding this winning streak, man. I'm going. I'm there sweeping them. Like this wow. team right now cannot lose, and, and watch well, they'll probably get swept by the Yankees. But look. <laughs> When you put in your best pitchers out there who have, haven't been touched, like Sale's been phenomenal. He hasn't got a win yet, but he should. He should have two wins. And then Price has been dominant. We've talked about that. And Porcello has two wins and been good. I don't see them losing these, any of these games. And then they're going to go four against Baltimore and probably probably win three out of four, if not win all four against Baltimore because they're crap. So, like, this team has a legitimate shot to put some path, some clearage in between them and the Yankees and them and the rest of the division real early. Um, I think they sweep the Yankees. Wow. Yeah. Talk, talk about setting the tone. Let's go. 11 wins in a row. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Okay. And then the Orioles, they're four and six right now. Um, I'm going to say, since I'm not picking sweep for the Yankees, I'm going to say three out of four from the Orioles, which would give them a five and two week, and that would make them 13 and three, which is pretty darn good. Are you going sweep too? Are you going, are you going 15 games in a row? No, I'm not. They're going to go. <laughs> okay. If it was a three game series, I might. Um, but it's a four game series, and we always talk about it on the show. You never know what's going to happen in a four game series, especially against a bad team. Um, three, three out of four is where I'm going with this one too, but 
That being said, if you're going three out of four, sweeping the Yankees and, go, and starting the season with only two losses or that amount of games, two. if you're going 14 and two, that's a start right there. Talk about April, and that's a what, that's what in April, April, and that's only halfway through April. <laughs> right. So, so um, and then after that, you go like on the, you go to the West Coast to play the Angels, who you can probably take care of. You have the A's, the blue like the Blue Jays, and you play Tampa again in April. Like guys, this see this month It'll be a really good just, in April. If you can beat the Yankees. Like this month is just locked up for this team to just run off a bunch of wins early. Yeah, it's exciting. You know, you set the tone in the beginning of the season, and you know, if you get a big enough lead, then you can have some slumps in May and June and still be in first place. So this is a huge month. I mean, starting the season off with the Rays and the Marlins was great for their confidence, great for Core to get wins under his belt, and now they have the confidence. So let's see if they can keep continuing it, and we'll see if they're thirteen and three or fourteen and two by the next the next recording here but this, i mean this is great this is a lot yeah. of fun um if you're not a baseball fan you're dumb figure it out uh if you are a Get baseball fan enjoy this because this is great this is something that we even last year we were good but they weren't like this this is an exciting team to watch their their youth is finally producing the way we want to jd martinez is in the swing hanley's being hanley and i love it and keep comparing him to manny because man i love those comparisons uh, like i said don't forget to follow us at red sox clns for us the round tables uh, all the news feeds that are coming out, the written content, full-fledged content so far on CLNS Media. It's revamped, and we love it. Uh, don't forget to check on Facebook as well, and then go to iTunes, hit the subscribe button, so every week when we record and I post this show at 5 a.m. on Monday morning, you don't have to set your alarm if you're not already up. It's going to download right to your phone, so when you wake up, you can hear the sweet, sultry sounds of us talking about <laughs> your first-place boss in Red Sox. Uh, we'll be back next week, hopefully full cast, but until then, Jess Thomas there. I am Jared Scally. This has been Red Sox Beat here on CLNS Media.